Hallelujah. Today I want to share, to talk about the cross. And today's message is the cross. When I speak about the cross, what does the cross mean in your life? I want you to think now. Hmm? What does the cross mean in your life? What has the cross, has the cross of Christ done to you? Why am I speaking about the cross of Christ? Because the church lost the meaning of the cross. And has placed many different things in its place. The cross of Jesus Christ is the central to the Christian faith. If you remove the cross from, from Christianity, we don't have any more Christianity. And it's the reason God touched my heart to talk about the cross today. Because the cross reveals the character of God. His love for lost sinners and his perfect just justice both met at the cross. When we look to the cross, we can see two things. The love of God for us and his justice. Because at the cross, his only begotten son was Crashed and died or murdered. The cross show his love for you and for me, but also his justice was met at the cross. Do you want to know and to grow in the love of God? I went. If we, if we want to grow in, in, in our love for the Lord, which is the greatest commandment, then we must grow in, our, in the understanding and revelation of the cross. Beloved brother, if you, if you don't have this revelation of the cross, I'm sorry, you are not going to know the love of God. No, it's impossible. And we must grow in our understanding and revelation of the cross, which show his great love. If you want to grow in godliness, we must grow in our understanding of the significance of the cross. We must confront the way we live. Because the cross confronts us. The cross confronts our pride, our carnality, and our sins. When I, when I look to the cross, the cross confronts me. The cross reveals the love of God. And love is the explanation of the universe. Or this earth, this universe, is not just a series of 
accidents, but all proceeds from the love of our Father. Did you know? Can you say amen? Please don't talk right now. Let's be silent. Okay? Let's be silent. Because you are not one accident. Okay? You are not one accident. You are part of the divine eternal plan conceived in love. This is the, the truth. You are not on accident here on earth. God loved you and planted you. In Deuteronomy 7, Moses is trying to tell the people of Israel why God chose them and why God loved them. Let's read this verse. Deuteronomy 7, 6 to 8. For you are a people holy to the Lord our God. Amen? Just for you to understand, we are the spiritual Israel of God today. We are not the, the chosen people of Israel, but we are the, the spiritual Israel of God. And the Lord... And, and keeping reading here, it says, The Lord our God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people. His treasured possession. Hallelujah. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. For you were the fewest of all peoples. <laughs> but it was because, look the reason here. It was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to our ancestors. That he threw you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery. From the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. My brothers, God didn't choose me because I was great. God didn't choose me because I was wonderful or so talented or righteous. No. In fact, I was the least insignificant. The least important and most unlikely. I was. <laughs> if, I, if I look to my life. And have you ever noticed how God likes to choose the unlikely people? Look around you. Unlike, unlikely people. Yeah. If I look at my life. If I look at my life, my brothers. I can see it before I had one encounter with God. I lived a very carnal, self-pleasing, godless life of addiction, drunkenness, and immorality. It's how I lived. But thanks God, 1985, 
I had one dramatic encounter with the Lord Jesus. And I received this revelation of the cross. And I came to Him in a very personal way. And I was called to His service. And to be a witness of His power. This is the reason I am here today. This is the reason I am here living in Ireland. Just because I am obeying this calling. And today, please, let's. I want just to, uh, to challenge you. Today, you, are, you need to, to take one decision, my brothers. Because you need to look at yourself and see if you really take the cross in your life. If you really had a revelation of the cross. Because when we have this revelation of the cross, our life is really changed and transformed. Why did he choose you? Why? God chose you. The verse 8 says, it was because the Lord loved you and redeemed you. From the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And you know, my brothers, the, the king of Egypt here represents Satan. We were slaves of Satan. And now we have another Lord, Jesus Christ. Why does the Lord love you? He loves you because he loves you. <laughs> yeah. Just it. Because that's the bottom line. He loves you because he loves you. Don't try to find reasons why God loves you. Just believe that he does. Can you say amen? And if you don't have understanding and revelation of the cross, you'll never be able to experience the love of God. Because the love that God has for you and for me was demonstrated on the cross. If you don't have this revelation, sorry, you are not going to understand the love of God. And I want to suggest to you, try to see Jesus today. I am preaching, I am teaching you, please don't get distracted. Try to picture Jesus at the cross. As the one who bought you from slavery. Paid very high price for you at that cross. And you were lost and heading to hell because of your sins. And I was in the same circumstance. I was heading to hell. But the Bible says in Titus 2.14. Let's see. Let's read. It says, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all weakness. 
and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Or Jesus gave himself at the cross to, to redeem you from every kind of sin. And to make his very own. His possession. Totally committed to do good deeds. This is what the cross does in our lives. Transform us. We are going to one direction. Then we change it's a conversion. Then we start going to another direction. Do you know what the word redeem means? Do you know what the word redeem means? No. Redeem means to buy back. Redemption is buying something back. This is the reason Jesus bought you at the cross. And he paid. You need to understand that. What means the cross? When he was there suffering for you in agony. Giving his own blood. He was paying the price for you. For you, for me to live for him. This is the cross. There is no other meaning. He was a he paid the price to rescue you, to redeem you. He bought you. He paid very high price for your life. And you need to understand that if you understand, your life are going to change. Then you're going to say, My life it belongs to you, Jesus. I am here to serve you. You were Satan's slaves. Jesus bought you. And now you are Jesus' slave. You keep slaves. But now from a wonderful Lord. <laughs> Amen. I am still a slave. I have no the right to say what I want to do. At the cross, when I take the cross. When I have the revelation of the cross. Then I say, not my will. But your will be done, Jesus, in my life. Can you say amen? This is the reason that you are now here in church. You are in the kingdom of God. You are serving him because you don't belong to yourself. This is the reason. Simple. Because you don't belong. And you have one honor. You have a Lord now. You have a Savior and you have a, a Redeemer. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You have a Savior, Redeemer, a Lord. And those who believe in, in the cross and have revelation of the cross, don't live for themselves, but live for Jesus Christ. The cross gives me pleasure to serve the Lord. It's not difficult to serve the Lord when you have the revelation what he did for you it's not difficult some people say oh it's so difficult it's so difficult to pray to go to meetings to do things for God no this is a pleasure when we have this encounter with the cross Galatians 2 20 
19.20. I want to read now. If you have your Bible, you can open up, please. Galatians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. For through the law, I died to the law, so I might live for God. Let's read together. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. I have been crucified. If you had one encounter with the cross, if you are crucified, my brother, then you understand what I'm talking about. This is why so many people don't have passion to serve Jesus. This is why so many people, they don't like to have time along with God. They have no pleasure. Some people, they don't like to read the Bible. Some people don't like even of going to pray meetings. We have pray meetings, but I say, no, I don't like it. Or even... Some people, they are not faithful in their tithes and offerings because they don't recognize what the cross did for them. Some Christians, they are not faithful to the kingdom of God. Why? Because they, don't, they didn't understand the cross of Christ. Because now I don't live anymore. I am here to live for Him. Because they didn't have understanding revelation of the cross. These people, they are living in this way. Don't give value to the kingdom of God for the things of God. But the Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. Repeat after me. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Amen. Hallelujah. My brothers, attention. You either are crucified with Christ or you are one enemy of the cross. <laughs> okay? I'm going to repeat again. You either are crucified with Christ or you are one enemy. Of the cross. Let's read Philippians 3, 18, 19. That says. Paul talking to this church says. For as I have often told you before. And now tell you again. Even with tears. Many live as enemy of the cross of Christ. Wow, Paul is talking to a church, and he's telling some people in church, they are living as enemy of the cross. Or some people, they say, I don't want to die. 
I don't want to live for Christ. I want to live for myself. And what the Bible keeps saying here. Their destiny is destruction. Their gods is their stomach. Wow. Who is your God? <laughs> stomach talks about the pleasure of food. Things that we, everybody loves. But here the Bible said, these people, they are enemy of the cross. They just thinking themselves. Just thinking about themselves. And their glory is in the shame. And the end, my brothers. Their mind is set where? Please, where? On earthly things. This is the problem. If you want to understand if you, if you are crucified, where your mind is set. Because these people that are enemies of the cross, their mind is set on earthly things. They are worried about these things. And Jesus said, don't be worried about any things. Keep your treasures in heaven. Of course, the Bible is not saying that you are going to be... To, to, to live in poverty with no money. No. But what I'm talking to you today is. God has a better plan for your life. When you say I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow instructions that he's giving to me. <laughs> I'm sure you are going to be blessed. He's going to take care of you. He's going to supply you. But don't try to, to follow your little plans. But you, when you take up the cross, you give up of your life. You say, Jesus, I am here to serve you. The way you live determines if you are either crucified or enemy of the cross. The way you live. And also, my brothers, to be enemy of the cross doesn't mean you are against Jesus. Some people say, no, I'm not against the cross. I'm not enemy of Jesus. To be enemy of the cross means you live only for you, not for your, his kingdom. This is the point. And for, for you to know, if you, uh, you are taking the cross, where are you investing your life? Where are you, where are you sitting your mind your plans, and your goal for future. The church missed the meaning of the cross and has put many things in, the, in, the, in its place. And if we get diverted from the cross of Christ, the cross of Christ, we are going to lose the meaning of life. And the real significance of this life. And there are two, my brothers, there are two basic problems with Christian church, Christian church and also Christian lives. There is two problems. A, we have displaced the cross from the center. Many churches, they have displaced the cross. If you look today on the internet, you are not going to see 
many preachings talking about the cross of Christ. But many churches have displaced the cross from the center. Not more about cross. B, we have displaced Jesus from his positions as the head of the church and as our Lord. Yeah. This is what's happening. Jesus is not anymore in his position as the head of the church and the cross is not the center of the church. And we need to go back to put the cross and Jesus in its place, the correct place. Can you say amen? Through the cross, Jesus administrated total, eternal, and irreversible defeat of Satan. Yeah. I'm going to say again. The Bible says, my beloved brothers, through the cross, Jesus administrated total, eternal, and irreversible defeat of Satan. Can you say with me, a total? Repeat after me, a total, eternal, and irreversible defeat of Satan. My brother, this is what is happening. What Satan is trying to do. He was defeated. He was defeated at the cross. Or Satan at the cross. When, when Satan looked at the cross, he said, Ha, ah, this is my victory. I killed the son of man. <laughs> But he didn't know it was his defeat. It was his defeat. Or through the cross, Jesus conquered you and me. But Satan thought, no, I won the battle. But it was his defeat. And the main problem in the church it's, it's when Satan come and try to obscure the understanding of the cross. And nowadays, my brothers, Satan, he cannot change his future. He cannot change. Because his defeat was eternal, irreversible. There is no way he's lost Eternal. What Satan is doing today. He's making the people of God blind. He's obscuring the, the work of the cross. For you not to see the work of the cross. He was defeated to the cross. But the only way he can in his hand now. Is to make you blind for not to See the cross and what Jesus did for you. And this is why Paul, the apostle, wrote to the Galatians. Do you, do you think some of you here could be foolish? Yes or no? 
Maybe this could apply to some of us today. Let's read Galatians 3 verse 1. That says. You foolish Galatians. <laughs> who has bewitched you? Hmm. Before your very eyes. Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. Galatians 3 1. My beloved brothers, he, is, he said, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? If you read the Bible a little bit further here in Galatians, you are going to discover that these believers in Galatians, they received the Holy Spirit. They had God working miracles in their midst. These people. And Paul said to them. To these believers. Who you have be, been bewitched. Can a believer. Be bewitched. Yeah. Can. Paul said. The Galatians. Was bewitched. How did Paul know they have they were bewitched? How? Let's read verse 1. That says, before your very eyes, Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. My, bro my brothers, what was the evidence they had been? Bewitched. Because they could no longer see the reality of the crucifixion of Jesus. They could not see the reality of the cross. Or a satanic power moved into what had once been a vigorous spiritual church. And robbed them of the understanding of the cross. Yes, Satan make obscure the understanding of the cross. And two results follow when that happens. Let's see the next verse, verse 2 now. I would like to learn, I would like to learn just one thing for you. Did you receive the spirit by the work of the law or by believing what you heard. Notice, my brothers. Notice they had received the Holy Spirit. And what was the diagnosis? They were relying on the work of the law. Can you see that? They received the Holy Spirit first. But they were relying on the works of the law. They were no longer relying on the sovereign operation of the Holy Spirit. They were living in legalism. Legalism is a term that Christians tend to use to criticize other Christians. Legalism, normally. But legalism is attempting to achieve 
godly righteousness by keeping a set of religious rules. And my brothers, please, Christianity is not a set of rules. We don't achieve righteousness with God by keeping any set of rules. And the second diagnosis, it's written there. They began in the spirit, but they were trying to finish in the flesh. They began in the spirit, they received the Holy Spirit, but then they were trying to finish on the flesh. And the word flesh means carnality. Carnality. So here we are with two problems. Legalism and carnality. Legalism and carnality. And the tragedy, my brothers, we are going to see now in verse 10. Let's read Galatians 3.10. For all, all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. Are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is Everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Or the three results here, my brothers, of the obscuring of the cross. First, legalism. Second, carnality. And third, curse. Legalism, carnality, and curse. I have been preaching... Different churches, different places, different denominations, different nations. And uh, I have seen that many professing Christians face these two problems. Legalism and carnality. I have seen. When people don't have revelation of the cross... What happened? They become selfish, proud. They start criticizing people, living carnality. They start living legalism. And as a result, there is a curse resting over these profession Christians. Or the believers. In Galatians, had also received the Holy Spirit. And they have seen God's work, miracle. But they still become blind and enemies of the cross. And I, I am here to warn you. Even if you did receive the Holy Spirit, you can become enemy of the cross. Because when we start living... Not taking the cross. Living for myself. Fighting my, with my own efforts. Living for myself. Or doing the best I can do. 
with my little plans, my own organization, my programs, to please myself, then what are I am saying to God when I'm doing that? What are you saying to God when you live in this way of life? When you are living for yourself, you are, you are snubbing God. Yeah. You are snubbing God. And it's one insult to God and to the Holy Spirit. That's why God pronounces a curse. Because if God said, live for me, but say, no, I can guide my life. I can live my own way. I don't want to take the cross. If you don't take the cross, the Bible says there is a curse. Because you are living not for him who bought you. And there is a curse upon our lives. And many Christians have gone back to rely on their own selves. Many Christians. Their desires, their abilities, their plans, their own way of thinking. My brothers, we are praying for a revival. Are you? Are you praying for a revival? But revival will never come to people who, who do the things their way. Revival will never come. Their own way, their own wisdom, their own ability, own plans, own desires. Say, okay, I, I am I'm following my own plans. No. The cross of Christ makes us servants that lives for him. Or the cross delivers from our sins, from our desires, from our own plans, and guides us to the eternal plan of God. Amen? And after Paul the Apostle, my brothers, diagnosed the Galatian problem, what was the Galatians' problem? Their problem is the cross obscured because they were not, they could not see clear the cross, legalism, carnality, and curse. And comes to the remedy now. Let's see the remedy. Galatians 3:13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. There is a way out, my brothers. For me and for you and for the body of Christ. And it's through the cross. The only way we need to go back to the cross. Because Jesus, he... He, he became accursed for, because of me and because of you. And I want you, for you now to picture him again. If you can close your eyes. Try to picture Jesus at the cross right now. Try. Picture him hanging there. Between heaven and earth. Rejected by his disciples and his fellow men. Rejected by his father. Striped naked. Bleeding. And carrying upon him 
your curse. We need to have this revelation. Thank you. You can open up your eyes. But we needed to, every day we needed to pray and say, Father, give me a revelation of the cross. Because he was made a curse that we, may, we might be redeemed from the curse. Or Jesus, but some people say, no, pastor, Jesus was cursed in my place. It's all done. No, no. Can I ask you, did Jesus die for every single person on earth? Yes or no? Yes, he died. But who is saved today? Who can be saved? Those who believe. He did for everybody, just for those who believe. At the cross, he took upon himself our pain and infirmity, right? Who can be healed today? Those who believe. All the curse was upon him. But who can be set free from the curse? <laughs> this is the point. Those go to the cross and say, Father, I don't want to live anymore. I, wa I want to be crucified. I, I don't want to live anymore. Or Jesus, he was punished so that we might be forgiven. Jesus, he was wounded so we might be healed. And he became sinner so he can become righteousness through his righteousness. Yes. And he died our death so we might share his life. And I am here to challenge you today. To give yourself to the Lord. And say, Father, please give me a revelation of the cross. Because I don't want to live. Because I can see some Christians in church are under curses. And the only remedy is the God's remedy. is the cross. There is no. Are you living for yourself? Or are you living for him? This is the point. God provided salvation at the cross. God provided healing at the cross. God provided blessing at the cross. But are you crucified? Please stand up right now. May God forgive us, my brothers and sisters, from our sin and carnality and legalism and for grieving the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you right now to look at the cross. Try to see Jesus. He paid a very high price for your life. He paid a very high price for your life. And I invite you now to pray. And say, Father, 
I have been enemy of the cross. I am running from the cross. But today I want to give myself. I want to die. Please. Give one answer to heaven today. Give one answer to heaven. He's waiting. For you. To go to the cross. Would you like to be Jesus' disciple? Would you like to be Jesus' disciple? He said, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. And Jesus is saying to you, if you want to follow me, deny yourself. Look to the cross. Repent from our sins. Let's pray right now. Lord, we, we want to accept our responsibility before you as the member of the body of Christ. Father, we don't want to do the same mistakes the Galatians did. The Galatians mistake, Father. Because they began in the spirit, but they turned back to their own little plans, Father. Father, many of us began in the spirit, but we have turned back, Father, to our own plans, our carnal methods. Please forgive us. God, we confess, Father. This is a sin. And we, we are really insulting you, Father. And insulting the Holy Spirit. And we are ashamed and we ask you forgive us, Father. In your great mercy, Father. Redeem us from the curse. Break this curse in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you forgive us. I ask you for forgiveness for these people here in this church. Forgive those who are watching us now. I ask you forgiveness on behalf of the church of Christ in this town, in this nation. Forgive us, Lord. Blot out our iniquities, Lord. Pass over our transgressions. Forgive us, Lord. Restore your grace. Restore your mercy. And restore your blessing, Lord. We, we renounce right now to live for us. I renounce to live for myself. I am here to take up my cross. And to follow you. We take the cross and we die for our plans to live for you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come in this place. Touch my brothers and sisters right now. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our lives. We welcome you in this place. We receive you and we bow before you and before your glory. 
And we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And I challenge you, beloved brothers and sisters, take up the cross, look to the cross, and don't live for yourself. Live for the one who bought you and paid a very high price for your life. May the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Have a great week in Jesus' name. Amen.